Hello and welcome to the True Blue LA podcast. I'm Jacob Birch. Eric Steven is here. We're recording a little bit later than normal this week. Uh, Originally delayed because you were busy, I was busy, and we're thinking, hey, uh, maybe Justin Turner will sign. Right. We we uh, there was a point. so we normally record Wednesdays. We were going to postpone it. Uh, I think we originally postponed to Friday. And then it was like, it looks like the Trevor Bauer thing will solve itself by Friday. So let's wait until after he signs to, to get a full reaction. And it happened Friday. Like, well, not I guess technically not officially yet. But like, um, yeah, it was... As as weird as everything was, it was still like a a holy crap moment um, when it sort of happened for like a number of reasons. Yeah, it was uh, a what yeah. moment for me. I was yeah, like more than so. I maybe not quite shocked because I know the Dodgers have been linked to him for for a while. But right, we'll, we'll get into this why I didn't exactly believe that. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about that. We've got questions from Craig. There's probably some other stuff that has some other stuff happened. Well, you Not know really. what? I, there's, <laughs> We're just there, talking actually, about this, aren't we? <laughs> there, there actually is, and I didn't uh, put it in the notes, but like there, there actually was like a relatively important thing that happened, and I'll, I'll get to it uh, before we get into Bauer. All right, we'll do that after this. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So Trevor Bauer is going to be a Dodger. Apparently. Uh, looks like it. Um, so... The, we know, like, so we're we're recording this February sixth, Saturday. Bauer announced the decision on his YouTube uh, and and various social media channels because, of course, and um, it the video ended 
with with him you know it's like a trevor bauer highlight video with him narrating and then and then it ends with him like um in a dot in a generic dodger uniform a non-numbered dodger uniform and he says like let i forgot what it like uh, let's go dodger fans or whatever he said i forget what he said at the end but my my brain when i saw that was like how many endings did he actually film? Like, <laughs> I mean, you, you know, so in the, in the like montage of, at the, like, of like showing like a Jersey being like stretched out or made or whatever, I believe there was a, there's surely there was a Mets one. I think there's a, there was a Blue Jays one in there. Uh, and that like, and you know, he's had other videos. Like there's one video like of a month ago, when he's talking about like different teams and it's like him in like a full Dodgers uniform, you know, with cap and everything. And like, of course you're, he's just and like throughout the off season, he'd be like tweeted people like, Hey, angels fans, you up, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and like, so I, in my head, it's hilarious if there's like 30, if he literally filmed all 30 teams and got full uniforms for each one. <laughs> but like, um, just, you know, it's probably down to like, you know, a couple at the end. So at least Dodgers, at least Mets, probably Blue Jays, maybe he had in there. So I, I just want to see the cutting room floor is what I'm saying of that video. But the point of this, so uh, we're recording this. We know that spring training, uh, at least for the Dodgers and most teams, uh, reporting day for pitchers and catchers is February 17th because in on a previously discussed uh, issue, uh, I last week on the podcast uh, these run together i don't know when we talked about things before um but mlb uh sort of pressured the cactus league to send a letter to mlb saying hey you know it'd be great if we postponed this because of health and stuff uh they used actual terms in the letter uh but then the players were like you we probably should have figured this out months ago you're you're telling us now when players are um some are already in Arizona and Florida. Um, they're making very like preparations and delaying that is for a month isn't gonna do anything other than cut into the time where uh you know you could potentially shorten the season, which is usually MLB's ultimate goal the last couple of years. Um so they're just sticking with the CBA in question. MLB did make an offer. Uh, the thrust of it was actually paying the players for 162 games for a 154-game season, which on its face sounds like a departure from MLB's tactic, but it came with like um, fewer off days, a lot of doubleheaders, so there's an injury risk. And it uh, uh, there was the issue of like the season still possibly, you know, getting postponed or Manfred having certain powers. They re- reportedly resolved those issues, but as we talked about before, the main issue is um, extra playoff revenue because they, they attached all these things to it. Like we want to include extra um, an extra round of the playoffs like they had last year. And the guarantee, the postseason guarantee to the players was still about 80 million, which was the 2019 number. They didn't offer the players enough to accept the deal basically. And the players saw, they said, Nope, we'll just stick with the schedule. So for now, Everything's sort of on point, like February 17th. They could still add like the DH and the expanded playoffs. Like last year, they literally added that like hours before opening day. They could work this out eventually. But like for now, they're going to go with forward with spring training as planned. No other sports have been um, like, you know, 
hockey, football, basketball, they're all playing right now. So there's no like real reason to postpone it if you're if you're being consistent. Um, so I don't know. It's weird, but like we're we have we have actual dates uh, that are. I don't want to say set in stone because nothing's really set in stone now, but that that gives us the the timeline we're working with uh, with Bauer. But back to Bauer, like uh, the shockingness of it all. So the the funny part of this was uh, it's it started uh, on Friday or like late Friday. Um, no, wait, no early Friday, right? It was I, I was in meetings Thursday. and you messaged me and you're like, oh, let's postpone just to wait until Bauer's a Met. <laughs> yes, but 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 remember, I forgot. But Nightingale's tweet was Thursday. Okay, Bob, Bob Nightingale, notorious, uh, um. hilarious tweeter. Uh, he 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 tweeted, "quote Trevor Bauer and the Mets have a deal." Um, and this, and I looking back, like it turns out they did not have a deal. Uh, <laughs> oh, but look, looking back at this, uh, the tweet was actually sent at four twenty on Thursday, which is only like funny in a ironic sense because Bauer in his very bro sense uh, like a couple years ago he uh, had something called the 69 days of giving where he gave various charities $420 and 69 cents like one per day and just you know just a just a peach um, but anyway um, back to that so uh you always watch, right? So Nightingale tweets this out. None of the like usual like national reporters like followed after, and you're like, uh oh, like <laughs> is this gonna hold? And then you know, no one was really jumping on it. And then it didn't really happen until I guess uh, there were reports coming out where the Mets. Were, it was down to the Dodgers and the Mets. We knew that like Thursday night. That was roughly the the consistent reporting. Down to the Dodgers and Mets. The the Mets apparently wanted to get this resolved, so they set like a noon deadline Friday, noon Eastern time, so nine a.m. Pacific. Um, the reports were that the Mets were offering like three to four years, like over thirty million average annual value, so like a big contract. Um, now and then, all, seemingly every report was like. The Dodgers want them, like, but like on a short-term deal. Like, and we've seen this before. Like, it happened with Bryce Harper. Um, it happened with you, Darvish. Um, but and we always like, there's like this. And it's always been floated like, that like this is what Friedman's always wanted to do is do these yeah one to two year fifty AAV or whatever deal. But, but like, that that was it, like the Bryce Harper number of past. It was like, but I, I don't think it never it, it never got up to like, yeah. But it was like it was always like something they would say ridiculous, right? Like yeah. where you it would make them like, well, I guess I could take it. But like like Harper ended up signing for thirteen years, right? So like you could see why, yeah. and, and that's usually how these end. Like no, they'll just take and, the big and this bucks, is how the like, Yankees right? were used for years. Is like okay, maybe the Dodgers would do that year, and the, the reporting that seemed to be more than just a joke, but like in a sort of pie in the sky, this is never actually going to happen. The Dodgers are just being used to leverage the other team that he'll eventually go to. Yep. And then, so come Friday, uh, it was a little after, like, I, I want to say 11 AM Pacific. Um, I believe John Heyman was the first to tweet it. And it, you know, it's funny. Cause like, uh, it was right Heyman, before. Cause I was about, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Right after two. Cause I was about to go into therapy, hey, <laughs> my hey, normal hey, therapy hey, session. I'm like, Oh no, I have something hey, to talk about. Hey, yeah. 
Heyman tweets uh, a lot in 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 uh, with no capitalization, and you know, like I'm not going to ding a guy for not you know um, punctuating or whatever, but it's just kind of funny. And I believe it just said Bauer, Trevor Bauer to Dodgers or something. It was very I think just Bauer to Dodgers, a, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was very Spartan, right? And you're like, and then same thing, like. Everyone still Heyman does not have the the poor track record that Bob Nightingale does on actually you know nailing reports like you know there's been people are wrong every once in a while but like there's still that like okay where's the second one where's where's like <laughs> Jeff Bassin where's Joel Sherman where's Ken Rosenthal you know that kind of we're all kind of waiting and then like oh no it's actually happening and then so first sticker shock uh the the total deal three years one oh two. Wait, the Dodgers did a three-year deal? Like, they 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 didn't. I mean, that's still a short-term. Like, look on one level, right? The reigning Cy Young winner, like, signing a three-year deal. Like, what the hell is wrong with this market on one level, right? Uh, but like, we, when the Dodgers were rumored to be like a short deal, you're like, that's weird. But then you realize there's opt-outs after each year of the deal, and the first the the, the payouts uh, are this. 40 million in 2021, which is a record, then 45 million in 2022, also a record. And then if he stays around, 17 million in 2023. So essentially, we're talking about a two year, $85 million deal. And that is a holy shit contract because, <laughs> like, you know, of all the times we talked about, the, like, you know, oh, the Dodgers are going to offer this like fanciful two year deal, it's going to have a ridiculous number. No one ever takes it. They always take the big money. But like when, and I guess it came out that the Mets' actual offer was three years, one hundred five. Also with opt outs, I believe. Uh, and I believe uh, had it worked out, uh, had he opted out after the second year, it would have been two years eighty. So they were actually right there uh, with the Dodgers. But like <laughs> that is a insane deal like i'm not saying it's like good or bad because like you know players should get what they want they get what they get right it's a market but it's just like that was a stunning a truly stunning number um now we talked about this like a lot like we always talk about what about what about the luxury tax and the reason it comes up is because the dodgers haven't paid the the luxury tax for three years now they would have paid it last year had david price not opted out so that was like a uh, a sort of luck of the draw thing. Like they, they, they were over it because of the Mookie Betts trade. They tried initially, uh, if they would have traded Jock Peterson and Ross Stripling to the Angels, they, I think they probably would have been under in a normal year. But like that was the impetus of that that extra move, right? And now, so like they've been dancing near the competitive balance. Like so, it's not like a a, a false like. Uh, thought and and how the sport essentially treats the CBT threshold as a salary cap, but um, the Dodgers have, are going to blow past it this year. Uh, as of right now, they're at uh, if you fill out the roster with like minimum players, given where they're at, and there's they still have Austin Barnes and Walker Bueller uh, arbitration eligible. Um, who they haven't solved that yet, but they're they're rough just under two hundred forty million. Uh, in CBT payroll, and so the threshold's two ten, so it's twenty percent for the first twenty million, thirty two percent for the next twenty million, and then sixty two and a half percent for anything over two hundred fifty million. And then if you get past two fifty, you also have your 
your draft pick uh, drop, your first draft pick drops 10 spots. So like there's cost to it. But like we said, people worry about like the, the luxury tax a lot. And first of all, fans should never worry about it because it's the owner's money and they, like, they're the ones spending it. But like it's also just a cost, right? Like it's it's really not that much if you think about it. like right now. If they're at if they're at two hundred and forty million, the tax is seven point two million, right? So that's not a lot. Like that's that shouldn't keep you from doing moves like necessarily. However, the, they also don't really have a third baseman right now, and we're still waiting. Cough, cough, Justin Turner, like uh, <laughs> uh, like that. I think that's probably still going to happen. It's just like we're just sort of waiting for it at this point. Um, the Brewers, I believe, were rumored to be interested uh, this week, but and that was even after they 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 signed Colton Wong to a two year eighteen million dollar deal. So you don't know how much payroll they have, but like I suspect the Dodgers will still sign Justin Turner. But like it's just like they were going to go over the luxury tax had they not signed Trevor Bauer, but this just like blows them past it. Like it's just, it's just funny, like how much we sort of fixate on it. And then there's like, Nope, we're just going to do all of it. <laughs> but the other, the other thing about this deal that I sort of like is that it stops the, the idiotic, like ugh, Friedman's never signed a free agent for a hundred million. Right. It's such an arbitrary like thing. A, they say, oh, it's a free agent deal. Yeah, they just signed Mookie Betts for $365 million. He just wasn't a free agent, right? Like, they signed Kershaw for $93 million, um, when he was going to opt out a couple years ago. They signed Jansen for $80 million. They got deals done. Their payroll, like, since Friedman has taken over, has averaged well over $200 million. <laughs> like, uh, like they're, even when the years they don't pay luxury tax, they're, like, right at the threshold. They are not, like, cheaping out, right? They're not, they're not, they're not doing a Cubs um, like this year. They're not doing what the Red Sox did to get rid of Mookie Betts. They've done none of that. Like they've actually spent, and I'm shocked. Like I'm actually shocked they they signed Trevor Bauer to this deal. Like, what was your initial reaction? Like just from that standpoint when you heard it. Uh, right, right in line with you. I quickly went into what we're going to talk about later, which is uh, not his his non baseballness um and i it, yeah i just kind of written it off like that it, it i thought this would be almost exactly like the Bryce Harper thing uh uh where it's just like uh, the Dodgers are just such an easy name to throw out there as the the team with a lot of money um and that the Mets had not a greater need for starting pitching although the Dodgers certainly didn't have a need for starting pitching um uh, but the, you know, with with uh, you know, Co- the the Mets did the the Lindor trade, uh, but I still felt like uh, Cohen ha- maybe had this desire to do the splashy splashy thing and really kind of excite fans. The Mets just made so much sense, and the Dodgers are such an easy name to kind of be the other team. Um, oh, and he's from LA. He actually went to my high school. Uh, Trevor Bauer did. Uh, I got to see my, I think my old history teacher was the baseball coach. I, uh, uh, so I got to see his name randomly mentioned in a tweet. That was weird. Um, uh, wait, uh, you, 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 okay. I have the name. You have it. Yeah. What, what was your history? Teacher? No, no, I don't remember my history teacher's name. <laughs> that's the thing. Oh. Like I know who the coach is and I'm like, I think that's who I had. I, I remember he was one of the baseball coaches, but I can't remember if he was the coach or the assistant coach. So, yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, that was weird. Um, and then, and then, uh, yeah, a lot of, I, I am going to find it really difficult to root for this guy. And that's a bummer. Yeah. My, uh, you got me thinking about that. My, uh, I was on freshman baseball. Uh, I, I initially got cut uh, in tryouts, but when like a bunch of players flunked out at the end, uh, in the middle of the season, uh, I was added to the team. Uh, and I just remember like, it's always weird seeing, uh, like the, uh, PE coaches and, or like sports coaches, like in other settings. And I remember Mr. Heap was like an occasional teacher too. And you're like, wait, what? Like you're, you're like, see him out of the, out of a sports setting. You're like, what's going on here? Why are you in front of a blackboard right now? Um, that was always weird. Um, but yeah, so the, the contract, like from a baseball standpoint, you're like, okay, wow. Okay. Two years, 85 million. Like nobody's ever gotten paid that in a two year stretch, but you're like for Trevor Bauer, like, like that, that's you're on one level. You think of that. Look, he was awesome last year. Uh, won the Cy Young um, for the Reds. I'm not disputing that. I'm just it's just like crazy. Like if you look at it, so career ERA um, in nine MLB seasons is 390. Uh, his FIP is 388. Now that's career numbers. It's better the last three years because there were two good years. Those happen to be Bowers' only two years with an ERA under four out of nine. Uh, the first two of those were cup of coffee years, but still now two things that floored me um, from Pedro Morris. Uh, okay. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pedro Morris piece. He noted that Alex Cobb since 2012, which was Bowers first season also has a 390 ERA. And this is a devastating couple of sentences from Pedro in, in like a weird way. Um, Cobb does not have an Instagram or Twitter account. Between those two platforms and his YouTube channel, Bauer is approaching approaching 1 million devotees. In another, very close to this part in the story, Mora also says, Bauer is a clear progenitor of the new era, and he has capitalized by building an outsized online brand for a pitcher with an unspectacular track record. <laughs> and it's like, it's such a factual statement, like, like that it's, it is... I just read that I was floored by it. But anyway, like just, just pointing out that's where it is. The other thing now, this is unfair because it does not count 2020 in which Bauer was excellent and Robbie Ray was terrible. Um, but 2017 to 2019, Bauer, 368 ERA, 124 whip, 28.2% strikeout. Robbie Ray, 372 ERA, 128 whip, 31.9% strikeout rate. Now, again, Robbie Ray was terrible last year, walked like a billion people. Bauer was so obviously that, that it's just how soon how it was. But what the Dodgers are betting on is for Bauer to be something close to what he was in 2020 when he was just ridiculous. Uh, he had a 173 ERA. Uh, that was second to Shane Bieber in the majors. Uh, 288 FIP was ninth. 36% uh, K rate was fifth. If you uh, K minus uh, walk or strikeout minus walk rate uh, at uh, Fangraphs, he was third. He only walked like 6%. So it was, it was 29.9 uh, for this. Um, he easily won this NL Cy Young 27 and a 30 first place votes. Now, he also had a great year in 2018 with the Indians, 221 ERA, 244 FIP. But then in 2019, it was his ERA was 4.5, his FIP was 434. So 
the reason um, he was able to do so well, one of the reasons was his forcing fastball got really good. Now, uh, in a an article, but okay, on Baseball Savant, if you if you go by run value uh, on the for the four seam fastball, uh, Bauer was negative uh, eleven runs last year, which was the best in the majors. Tied for number two was Walker Bueller at minus ten. So very interesting to sort of have those two in the same uh, rotation. Um, ben Clemens at Fangraphs also noted that in the first eight years of uh, Bauer's career, his four seam fastball was actually a negative. Uh, it was a below average pitch uh, by batted ball data and run value. It was a negative half of a run in total. But last year it was uh, plus 14.3 runs by their uh, methodology. So, like, it, it got awesome. And I, he had a massive increase in spin rate um, in, la- in late 2019 that he carried over into 2020. Now, Bauer's ver- been very vocal about this at various times, like, uh, I forgot there was a game where he like went out and like he was talking about how easily you could like manipulate spin rate if you just use certain substances. Then he like went out and did it in a start uh, very like publicly. But then, you know, he hasn't like since then said like, hey, I'm using because no one's going to actually say that. There's obviously like a um, sort of a an issue in baseball or that baseball says they want to sort of get a handle on this. But like a lot of pitchers use this. This is not something I don't think is necessarily that controversial in like the general defenses. Everybody's using it. Um, now like Garrett, that includes like Garrett Cole, um, Justin Verlander. These were a couple pitchers named in the, the suit uh, brought by the former angels clubhouse person who was fired last year because he was the guy who had like the best goop as they called it or whatever in the league that pitchers would use. The general rule on this is like, everyone's using it just don't be obvious when you're using it you know like because another and also the the gen, the teams tend not to police this because if you go out and tattle on someone and say hey you got to watch them you know like two or three pitchers on your own team is also are also going to are also using so like it's a tough you can't start pointing fingers because everyone's sort of using it now that's just a general term like i said i don't want to dwell on that for bauer cuz that's that's not that important right now but so um zips uh dan zimborski's uh projection system at Fangraphs has bauer as the sixth best pitcher uh this year in 2021 uh if his projections looked it was 333 era which is a 131 era plus and four and a half Fangraphs war roughly the same for 2022 that's a very good pitcher um for those two years now is it 85 million worth? Like whatever. It, it, but what you, what a lot of these contracts get, I'm not into the dollars necessarily dollars for, cause I don't think it's linear. What you're buying with a, a, a free agent or an expensive free agent is um, like certainty, some level of certainty. And there's one thing that's, that's like good about Bauer while again, ERA over four in seven of his nine seasons, but two of the last three were good. Excellent. In fact, he is, not really had like an arm injury. Uh, he's relatively durable. Um, even if you like, you're not getting like Cy Young Bauer, which again, they're hoping for. And they, you know, that's what they're paying for really. Um, his worst fan war over the last five seasons is 2.6. He was actually 2.5 this year, but it was in a very shortened season. So he was going to blow past that. Uh, in his last five seasons in total, 
Uh, he's averaged, or he has a 364 ERA, 363 FIP, and his 17 WAR, which is 3.4 per year. But again, that includes a, a truncated season, so it's a little, it's more like a four WAR average. Um, that has him 11th in the majors. Uh, he's sixth in innings in that time. Again, hasn't been hurt. So like, you're getting a very like sort of durable guy, and you're you're paying for the certainty. I think uh, the other thing um, that why he's sort of a fit, uh, you know, Bauer's always been like, you know, he was, he's, he's stubborn. I would say when he was younger, he was especially so to where like he, he clashed with like people in Arizona and Cleveland. Um, and, but he's had his own like training methods. He he was one of the early adopters of like driveline uh, baseball and one of their biggest like success stories, but he, he's, very like analytical in that sense. Now Blake Trinan, uh, current Dodger, was on MLB Network Radio on Friday, and he was he was very excited about having Bauer join the Dodgers. He described the Dodgers as having a mix of traditional insight and new age analytics. Um, and then this is this is Blake Trinan on Bauer. Uh, quote: The way he approaches the game on a mental aspect, developing pitches aspect because that fits perfectly with what the Dodgers are doing. I got to see a piece of that last year, which helped me get back to some of uh, the form I wanted to, how I wanted to be as a pitcher. So like on that level, right. That that's, that's the fit. That's, that's what the Dodgers are going for. They they're I'm sure they're aware of like, you know, Bowers pitching now it's not official yet. I'm, I'm wanting to see like, um, Bauer has has said whichever team signs him, he wants to like he thinks he's better um, or best suited to pitch like every fourth day, um, and that you know nobody really does that. I want I want to know how often they're going to let him do that, if if at all. And so I'm interested to see that. I'm, I want it to, once it becomes official and we start like getting interviews and stuff. I, I would like to see how they sort of implement that because I think that could be like sort of fascinating in a way. But now the other. Um, there's a like uh, a good portion of like the Dodgers fan base. There was a good portion of the Mets fan base who were like hoping that the, that their team did not sign Bauer. And you know he has like a long history of like uh, of things. I know you mentioned your reaction was that as well. Um, but and we're, we're going to get into it. Uh, but do you have from a baseball standpoint? Do you have anything else to add? Uh, no, you covered all all the baseball aspects. I think the spin rate thing will be interesting. I'll see how consistent he is. I think one of the reasons why I'm as bummed about this as I am is that uh, I is that there's so much about this uh, that I want to be excited about. I want to be excited about and analytics and scientific driven pitcher joining the team i want to be excited about the high aav short-term deal uh that we we've talked about forever uh as uh, is it a thing they would ever do i want to talk about more about the cbt and how i've always sort of defended the dodgers going under um going being hard to go under thinking that if they can prove to us that they're doing that to be able to when they do it spike hard uh, and go way way over it for a year or two, and then get back under and kind of abuse the system that way. I think that's that kind of nitty gritty management stuff is all really exciting to me. And I can't because everything I've ever seen from Trevor Bauer, uh, everything I know other than that he went, you know, were high school and college alumni, uh, and um, 
and all the the, the science stuff is is a jerk. <laughs> yeah, an online I mean, jerk bully. Um, um, Michael Bauman on the Reiner has, um, I think, I think my favorite article so far on the signing and that he because he talks about why I think a lot of people are really quick to uh, people who do care about how their athletes are. And there are some people who are just, they, they're, they're, that's just the product on the field. That's all they care about. And then if that's you, hats off. <laughs> um, but that's not how sports are for me. I care about who the people are. It's so much more fun to root for a Clayton Kershaw or a Mookie Betts um, than it is, uh, uh, you know, someone I don't know enough about or and certainly someone who has uh, a troubled past. And the, the Rainer article I mentioned does a really good job of saying like, there are people who would dismiss him saying, ah, he's just being a contrarian, uh, a controversial guy. I've got buddies like that. The difference is, is that uh, in Bauer's interactions with fans, there is a clear power dynamic difference. He is the superstar with millions of followers and is, is now, it was a rich person, is now a very rich person, and these fans aren't. And to create, to turn that into an antagonistic and adversarial interaction uh in and of itself with that power difference is bullying um and that's the and so i think the other quick dismissal is oh don't bring politics into this and one bullying isn't a political thing but two when it comes to the other thing he's denied climate change in previous the a lot of these tweets are older uh, you know three four years ago where he um was very um against uh very derogatory towards immigrants, uh, had a very, um, I think, insensitive and inappropriate uh, response to the Indians logo, saying he'd never met a Native American who hated it. Come on, Chief Wahoo, really? Like, uh, he, he had one, um, um, he was like tweeting about um, like Obama not being born in in America, which is just racist bullshit. Like, and he um, like, falsely yeah. like he didn't he didn't uh, link the the false quote of George Soros being behind the the protests and the riots, uh, but he quote tweeted it and replied. I think excuse me, replied to the person saying, "Oh, you can't do that. You'll get labeled a racist." And it's like that that is. Uh, conspiracy theorist and anti-Semitic, like all of these things are like, and people, oh, but he, you know, just because he did that that once doesn't mean he is anti-Semitic is, or is, you know, he has a, a female agent and a Jewish agent. Therefore, he can't be anti-Semitic. And I'd, I'm not interested in getting in the nitty gritty rhetoric of that. Like, this is like, if it, if it quacks like a duck, like just everything he, all of his interactions I've ever really seen, um, strike me as someone that uh, is not someone I'm excited to root for. Right. And like you said, in a, it's not, it, it want to be clear, like it's not political. Like there, I would, I would I, we couldn't be say, fans of baseball. If yeah. We, right. <laughs> like, well, well over like half of baseball and it's probably like 75% yep. are, are, are probably like lean Republican. I would, or, I would guess. Or, 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 or heavily. Like, yeah. Yeah. Heavily. Right. Like not everyone's Aubrey Huff, right? Like so, yeah. but, uh, but like so, it's not right. Um, but like, I want to be clear. Like, this is not the 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 main objection. It, it's his actions, right? Like his how he's treated people. 
And there are some views uh, that I think get easily labeled political that shouldn't be politics. Like that's right, exactly. not shouldn't be a political statement. Like I, you thinking that Chief Wahoo is not a racist stereotype. That I'm sorry, that to me that is that exceeds politics and is just there, common decency. Listening to people, you did not try very hard, Trevor Hard Bauer, to talk to Native Americans if you couldn't find one that found it offensive. I'm sorry. Right, and there's been numerous. Um, yeah. So. Um, I'm, I laid out a few examples here. I uh, I thought a few people put put it pretty well. Again, uh, going to Pedro Mora from the Athletic, um, his another sentence in his article. Um, this is about Bauer, obviously. He has wielded his influence to belittle and harass people, particularly women, across the internet. He has trolled. Um, another uh, Ken Davidoff had a pretty good like summary of like some of uh, Bauer's transgressions. One was with a college student in uh, January 2019. Uh, this is from Davidoff. Uh, in all, over a span of three days, uh, Bauer tweeted at least 17 times, either directly at the woman or at others, while discussing her and the argument. He had a back and forth with this woman. Uh, then also Davidoff here, predictably, the woman has said she endured considerable abuse from Bauer's followers. Now, this is a pattern um, in 2020, there was another, there was a reporter. Uh, so Bauer uh, has like momentum is like his sort of uh, video uh, media company, I guess. Uh, that's who he released the the video through, I believe, uh, when he signed with the Dodgers. Now he, he tweeted, like he very like uh, flippantly like promoted a video about uh, like, I forgot the exact, I don't have it in front of me, dang it. Uh, but it was like, um, you know, want to see a team going through a COVID uh, outbreak or a potential COVID outbreak? Watch this video on momentum. And it's like, see, and then there, he was very descriptive about it. Like that in itself, not bad, but a reporter, um, like I thought Bauer was like flippant with that, right? At, at the least, it's not, not bad by on its face. And then a reporter was like flippant and chiding him. Um, and then Bauer went back to her and, and said, um, like I said, I'm not, I'm not going to quote this because there's been a number of like articles who are like linking to these and that's sort of, these people have gotten harassed, uh, because people go and find these and that's sort of the problem, but so I'm not going to link to it. I'm just going to generalize what happened. And Bauer basically said, well, uh, you know, he, he went back at her and said, here, let me send some followers your way, right? And so a, a sort of direct call to action. Uh, and then... And a lot, like a lot of successful trolls, everything he does is done with, if you want to root for him and take his side, plausible deniability, but come on. <laughs> so, and I, I thought this was, this sort of summed it up too. So Ken mm -hmm. Rosenthal uh, details some of these back on January 22nd. Uh, Bauer... I gave him like two separate statements, I believe, and I don't know which one was first. I think this was the order. I think this was the first one. Uh, this is from Bauer to, to Rosenthal. Uh, I don't shy, don't shy away from confrontation, and I'm often quick to defend myself, but I am by no means a bully, and I take great offense to my character being called into question. I understand what comes with having a following on social media, but I have never asked for, nor do I condone anyone making threats or lewd comments on my behalf. I will interject here again. He didn't directly ask for threats, but he knew what he was doing when, when he said, let me send some followers your way.
by quote tweeting a reporter, right? Like he's and he knows he his know, audience, he, and he knew, yeah. <laughs> like, he so knows like this that, is a, an antagonistic interaction, and then heightens it. And it's just, and that, yeah, that's so that's like all right, whatever. But and then his other statement. I have also uh, I have been made aware that some of the interactions related to a specific Twitter exchange may have had a negative impact, which I, I'm sorry you're offended is how I read that. Um, uh, but uh, this is again, Bauer, that was not my intention. I will wield the responsibility of my public platform more responsibly in the future. Now, honestly, if he does that, great. Right. Like that's all that's all you could ask. But like so far, that hasn't been the case. And you can understand like why, how that's off-putting, right? Like, so especially to the people who are on the receiving end of it or like just generally, like it's an, we've mentioned this, it's an imbalance. Like on Twitter, he has 424,000 Twitter followers. I didn't look at like what Instagram is, but I'm sure it's roughly similar there. Um, now, and it's it's not necessarily always Bauer himself. It's what how the fans his fans are encouraged to really go after these people, and it becomes like a living hell. The the reporter in question in 2020 said she received death threats and Holocaust jokes for like months on end um, <clears throat> after this. So like, what the hell, right? Now the other the other issue is like we are in a very like heightened time of like women having to put up with just untold amounts of shit in sports and especially in baseball want to be clear here not not equating bauer uh bauer's actions like on for online bullying with uh sexual harassment which is which are the few examples i'm bringing but it's a general um like dismissing and belittling of women that leads to the sort of environment where they're not protected and or safe. Uh, so I think it's all, it's somewhat related in that uh, aspect. Now, again, not equating this, I'm just giving you an idea of where we're at. So in the last two weeks, right, Jared Porter on the Mets, he, he was hired as GM and within a month he was fired because of a story surface that uh, from back in 2016, where he sent, I, what was it, like 62 straight unanswered texts to a woman, including like uh, a couple pics of like a bulge in his pants and then one of, of a dick. He said, <laughs> the the dumbest defense I've ever heard, it was a stock image of a dick. Like, oh, okay. Oh, it's totally fine. Now, just this last week, Mickey Calloway, Angels pitching coach, um, uh, there were five different women came out in the athletic uh, accusing him of harassment in various cities over various years. And then seven people in the story and another seven women said they were, they didn't, they weren't uh, ever like uh, harassed by Callaway, but they all heard stories and were warned about Callaway. So like, what the hell Callaway has been on multiple teams. Porter's been in multiple organizations. All these teams come out and go, I had no idea. Like, you know, uh, we we had we could there's no way we could have known like how did this happen so like everyone everyone has a blind eye to it because they like they just you have to assume like they just don't care right and, and so like uh, when Porter was fired Sandy Alderson on the Mets who again had Mickey Calloway as manager in with the Mets so like you know what the hell are you doing if you don't know about these things um, but he every report about like Jared Porter before he was hired was like, oh, what a great guy. What a great baseball guy. Oh, you're going to love him. He's a great baseball guy. And so 
uh, Hannah Kaiser at Yahoo asked a wonderful question in the Sandy Alderson press conference. Like, of all the people you talked to before you hired Porter in, as part of the process, how many were women? And Alderson said, none. And he's like, unfortunately, that's where we're at. There's nobody, like, there's no women in those positions right now. That, that's the problem. Why would there be when the sport, like, doesn't value them? Like, every time this comes out, there's been, uh, like, countless other articles saying, like, this was my experience with sexual harassment. I didn't want to talk about it. But now these others are coming out. Like, every every woman in the industry has stories like this because they're treated like shit. And, like, you have to respect that and you have to respect them. And, you know, like, again, for Bauer, uh, you know, we'll say he it's both men and women that he's, like, fought with on Twitter. But it's more often than not that the women are the one who, ones who get harassed. And he has to know that. He has to know, like you said, what his platform brings, right? Like, you can't, like, go after these people and, like, sick your fans on them, even if it's quote-unquote unintentional because you know that's going to happen. So, like, if you just imagine, like, you're, you're a woman in the industry, right? Like, you, if you're yeah, – it's incredibly frustrating right now, right? So, like, why why – if MLB like continually ignores them or ignores the like systemic problems within the industry that makes them feel unwanted, unsafe, it's understandable. But if people are just turned off in general by the sport, right? So like that, like that's where it comes down to. Like, and again, not not saying Bauer is part of the like like the sexual harassment part, but just in terms of like making fem- women feel like accepted, you can't just say. Well, Bauer is just a troll. That's not a defense. He needs to grow up, and that's 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 sort of where we're at right now. Yeah, no, I, you 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 put a nice bow on that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, I appreciate that. Well, uh, yeah. in one of the one of the better transitions, uh, I do have a trivia question <laughs> about. <laughs> uh, oh. Good times. Um, okay, so Bauer won the National League Cy Young last year. Um, <laughs> this is so dumb. Um, and this is, you know, what's uh, really interesting though that you did that is that this is what the season is gonna kind of feel like, mm-hmm. you know, especially with him being a starting pitcher, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, it's like there's gonna be some days where he's like not, not a part, like maybe you see him on the bench, but that's it. And then he'll pitch, and I'm like, oh, right, Dodgers do have that guy. <laughs> Uh, I know some you people know I, won't probably even be able, watch his starts. I, I pro- probably will. I don't know. Um, so uh, just to go off on a, a little bit of a thing here too, like, so this is again, not trying to equate them, but like generally like the, like if you're going to, if you're going to stir shit, right. Or, or like, or make it or joke about someone or something that like you generally punch up, right. You, you're, you attack the man or, or whatever, like, uh, like the the industry or whatever. Sometimes Bauer like stirring shit is good. Like um, when he he like calls out MLB on dumb rules and stuff. Uh, like last year he wanted to wear the free Joe Kelly uh, shoes that he had, and MLB said no, we're gonna like disqualify you or take you out of a game if you do. Meanwhile, like they could, they pointed to a rule that said you can't have like. I forgot what you, what the rule was, but like D Gordon, like a week earlier had worn like in and out shoes and that you're not supposed to have like commerce, uh, you know, promote stuff on your shoes. And he, he like rightfully pointed that out. And I, I, that's good when you're like pointing out 
stuff, dumb stuff like that. That's fine. But like, if you're starting up shit, like going punching downward, that's never good. And like that, that's sort of where it's at. Uh, but th- I just wanted to bring that up because I had forgotten about the Joe Kelly shoes until we were talking about it. Um, but so Bauer, uh, whatever shoes he's wearing, uh, is the reigning Cy Young uh, winner in the National League. He's only the second Cy Young winner to switch teams uh, right after winning the award and going to the reigning World Series winners. Who was the first? I will see if I can answer that after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, something about Cyan winners, switching teams to World Series winners, right? That, yep. That that it? Yep. Uh, I actually think I saw this tweeted. Uh, uh, I think this was a Sarah Lane's tweet. Uh, Drat. <laughs> <laughs> I, but uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. It was, is it Roger Clemens? It is Roger Clemens. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Twitter helps. Now- there's been a couple of times uh, in like life as a baseball fan, just generally when something happens and you're like, what the fuck? Right. Like, well, look, we've already cussed on this. I'm about I about to say, I, I, I noticed yeah. you're just taking it for everything it's worth. So, um, and this was so 98, Roger Clemens had like, he had just, you know, started the program as it were, uh, and won two Cy Youngs with Toronto after he was dumped by the Red Sox. And uh, so after 98, the Yankees had won 114 games. Clemens was the two-time Cy Young winner. Then they trade for Roger Clemens. And you're like, what the hell, man? Like, this sucks. And so and they, they actually ended up winning the next two. He won a Cy Young in 01 again. Uh, and they got to the World Series. Uh, and then they lost. But, like, it was just well, – the, the other sort of moment like that was when – um, Cliff Lee signed back with the Phillies after they had traded for Roy Halladay. Or no, they signed. No, they traded for Roy Halladay, and then traded Cliff Lee away to afford Roy Halladay, and then signed Cliff Lee as a free agent again. This was after like they won one World Series, they got to another one, they were still excellent, and I just remember thinking that they had like Roy Oswalt too uh, in the rotation and Cole Hamels. It's like what the hell? Like this is well, this is like a goddamn super team, and then. I don't, it, you know, people are like talking about Dodgers rotation now. It, it It is really awesome. Like they have three Cy Young Award winners, but like David Price, I mean, sure. Like, but um, doesn't mean he's like, a, you know, that good now. But like Kershaw, Bueller, um, Bauer, Price, Urias. And that's even before getting to like Dustin May and Tony Gonsolin. From a baseball standpoint, that is pretty incredible. So like, and especially after the Padres like trade literally traded for three starters uh, uh, this offseason. So like, it's going to be a pretty incredible sort of uh, sort of division there. 
you have a Dodgers rewind. Before we get that, we we, we talked about sort of the, the like. Unfortunately, we do a trivia question, so we have to transition to it. Uh, there's a book. I haven't read it, but it looks really good, and it, it fits this on, like, how to like sports uh, when things are hard. It's Loving Sports When They Don't Love You Back by oh, Jessica Luther. Oh, Kibitha Davidson yep. and yeah, Jessica and, Luther, yeah. Uh, I'm, look, I'm going to be reading this before the baseball season. Uh, yeah. So if anyone wants to join me, because I, uh, I could use probably some of what it's talking about. Yep. Um, uh, okay. Dodgers Rewind? Yep, we have one this week, uh, somewhat related. I'll, I'll get to why in a second, but I was actually amazed we hadn't done this yet because because uh, of my propensity for the 1988 Dodgers, but Tim Belcher. Um, so he started game one in the 88 World Series, the one of the more like famous games in the history of the franchise. He was the starter. He didn't stick around long, mind you, but uh, he was the starter for that game, and he was a, a integral part of that team. Um so the Dodgers got him the year before. They had they had Rick Honeycutt, uh, fu- former pitcher for them and future longtime pitching coach. Uh, they traded him to the A's at the end of August for a player to be named later. Belcher was five days later was that player. Um, so he was four seasons plus that month uh, with the Dodgers, uh, sub three ERA in all but one of the years. Um, he was 50 and 38 with a 299 ERA, a 118 ERA plus in 806 innings. He was very good, like with them. Like, there's no, no doubt about it. He was third in the rookie of the year in 88. Um, he got, I looked at the voting, he got three of the 24 uh, first place votes, but he was well behind um, Chris Sabo and then Mark Grace was second. So it was, a, it was a nice little thing there. He And the next year in 89, he was actually sixth in Cy Young uh, voting. He got a second place vote and a third place vote back when they only had three votes. Um, and then uh, Oral Hershiser that year was fourth uh, reliever. Mark Davis won that year. Just an odd year. Uh, in 89, when he was sixth in the Cy Young, uh, Belcher uh, led the major leagues with eight shutouts and he led the National League with 10 complete games. It was a very good year. He started opening day that year too, but uh, Oral Hershiser, the reigning um, god among men um, from the previous year, uh, he had the flu, so he did. That's the only reason Hershiser didn't start. He, Hershiser started the next day. Uh, they um, Belcher got bombed that day in Cincinnati. Paul O'Neill hit a three-run homer. He gave up six runs in like two and a third, so it wasn't very good. Now um, Belcher's only postseason with the Dodgers was '88. On the surface, he had a four eighty-eight ERA. You're like, that's not that good. But like, if you look closely. Um, that team was lacking like length in their they had a very good bullpen but you you know this is a different time too but you also didn't want to rely on it too much um like john tudor was like injured and we didn't they didn't know how injured until they figured out in the playoffs where he walked off the mound in the world series uh but like outside of hershiser who pitched like every inning uh they didn't really have anyone else to do that and so belcher kind of did that like um, game two of the NLCS with the Dodgers down 0-1, Belcher pitched eight and a third, and they won. He pitched seven innings in game five. Now he allowed four runs in this game, but the Dodgers were up six nothing. So like he really was just in there to like, you know, smooth it along. So he's two and zero there. He was bad in game one of the World Series. He was very wild. He only pitched two innings. He gave up the grand slam to Jose Canseco. Um, but in game four, the pivotal game of the series, uh, the Dodgers up two to one. Uh, 
he went six and two thirds innings and then gave the ball to um, Jay Howell, who redeemed himself from the previous night and from getting suspended in the previous round. So Belcher was three and zero that postseason, and I think you know better than the ERA would suggest. Now the Dodgers traded him uh, to the Reds in November 1991 with John Wetland for Eric Davis and Kip Gross. That trade did not work out well uh, for the Dodgers. Um, but something I discovered around, like about this was fascinating. How exactly like um, Belcher like started his pro career? So. Like I, I didn't know a lot of the details about this till earlier this morning, and it, it was it just fascinated me. So, uh, Belcher was the first overall pick in 1983 to the Twins, um, but he didn't sign. Um, he interviewed uh, Belcher was interviewed by Eric Malinowski at uh, Fox Sports in 2014. Uh, Belcher said, "I felt like I was I just felt like I was a victim of uh, some circumstances that didn't allow me to sign with the club." You know, that was a time when the Twins were at the end of uh, the Calvin Griffith ownership period and they had no money. And when he says they had no money, it was almost literal. Um, that year, so the Twins, they drafted Belcher in the first round. They drafted Billy Swift in the second round. They didn't sign either one. Both went on to have, like, careers of over uh, 20 war. Uh, Odomi McDowell, they drafted with the first pick of the the June secondary draft, which a thing that kind of went away soon after that. They didn't sign him either, and then he played for seven years. So, like, they just, like, had no money, and, like, it was just crazy. So, anyway, um, back then, there was a uh, there was also a January secondary draft. It, w- uh, it would go away after 1986, but in January 84, it was still around. The Yankees, I don't, I, I look back, I don't know exactly how they determine the order for this because it's not like it's not the same as the June, the regular June draft. But the Yankees picked first and they picked Belcher. So the timing of this uh, is, is weird. So Belcher had some leverage. He was going to return to school. He went to a junior college in Ohio. Um, he ended up signing with the Yankees on February 2nd. Um, so that was a day before he was going to return to school. So he had some decent leverage there, whatever. But back then, for for a four-year period after the 81 player strike, the MLB owners were looking to curtail um, free agency. So they had something called the free agent compensation draft, which was sort of a way to like uh, – free agency was, was like five years old when this started. So like nobody knew exactly how to navigate it yet. And – uh the rule was MLB teams, you could protect up to 26 players, or if your team signed a quote-unquote type A free agent, uh, Elias used to have this elaborate statistical thing. Relievers used to get overrated, and then it was weird. If you sign a type A free agent, you can only protect 24 players. But um, Now, the kicker here that's just the most 80s owners thing ever, uh, <laughs> te- if teams said, we're not going to sign any type A free agents, we opt out of the free agency, like, uh, they don't have to protect anybody. <laughs> so, like, it's just, like, they encourage people to, like, not spend, essentially. Um, now, the problem was, so in, in 83, right, they drafted Belcher in the, the January secondary draft on January 17th. But the the pr- protected players list they sent in three days earlier because that was the timing of it. Now Donald Fear, the longtime attorney for the players uh, union, said, 
This is from the Associated Press. We were assured by the owners that all the clubs would be able to protect everybody they wanted to protect. That did not happen. Um, so, the but the, to me, the, the even other caveat that made this insane is that the system was if you so if you lost a free agent, you get to you get to draft somebody in the free agent compensation draft, but you don't draft it necessarily from the team that signed the the player. You could just pick anybody, like <laughs> so. So the A that's anyone that's unprotected from any team, and so the A's uh, Tom Underwood, who was sort of uh, like a mediocre pitcher, nine. Uh, he had fifty. He was a four hundred four ERA in fifteen starts, right? And in nineteen eighty three, he and then he signed with the Orioles that winter. So and he was somehow a Type A free agent. So the A's got to pick in the compensation draft, and they and they said. Sorry, Yankees were taking Belcher. <laughs> so the Yankees understandably were pissed, right? Because <laughs> it was a player that only because of a procedure, procedural snafu, they could not protect. And like, um, so the Yankees said, uh, we're extremely upset about the selection of Tim Belcher as a result of the recent compensation draft. While we do not fault the Oakland club for making use of the system, it's difficult to comprehend how a player who is not eligible to be protected because he was not yet a member of the organization, could be eligible for selection. Now, that's a perfectly valid complaint. But on the other hand, screw the Yankees. So, like, you get it, right? Like, um, so Belcher, after all that, he didn't ever make the majors with the A's. But he, he it was interesting because the Dodgers, like, immediately started using him in the majors right when they traded for him. They were also bad in 87, but it was the final month but yeah and he ended up pitching for 14 seasons uh seven teams dodgers reds white Sox, tigers mariners royals and angels uh 146 wins 416 era 101 era plus like if you could be a average to slightly above average major league starter for 14 years that's an incredible career and he was oh he was the number one pick but like that's a really good career right like i think that's that's really good so his uh, baseball reference war was 26.7. Fangraphs was 30.3. Roughly half of his war came with the Dodgers in both, a little bit less than Fangraphs, but just an excellent career. And one thing I didn't put in the notes here, but I just I remembered, uh, he was on the Angels um, in one of the first years of interleague play, and they were at Dodger Stadium. I believe the Dodgers were wearing the blue uniforms, the blue tops at home at the time when uh, Chan Ho Park uh, bunted up along first base and then took issue with a hard tag, I believe, by Belcher and then uh, did a spinning kick uh, which <laughs> on Belcher, which uh, led to a nice brawl, an interleague play <laughs> brawl. And uh, Belcher was the pitcher with that, so just a, a good time. Uh, I have a, a Tim Belcher trivia question for you, if you'd like. Goody. He was the first overall pick in 1983 to the Twins, didn't sign. Um, he's one of five number one overall picks to play for the Dodgers. Keep in mind the draft has been going since 1965. Yep. Uh, how many of these can you name, knowing that you have one in the pocket with, with Tim Belcher? Uh, Tim I'm Belcher. giving you that one. Yay! Yeah. So. Man, this, so I've been thinking about this the whole episode, trying to rem- – and, like, yeah. the thing that gets diluted is, like, like former good prospects are not necessarily the same thing as number one over yeah. picks. You have to deal with international signings, all that. Uh, and there's only a very few players that I actually remember. Oh, they, they were number one over pick. So th- th- I have a question for you. Have we ever done another one of these on Dodgers rewind? Oh, 
Uh, let me. I will double check right now. Um, because there's one I have a guess. Uh, that I feel like has come up before, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was just an early draft pick. Um, I'll I'll go ahead and guess, and then you can tell me. Uh, oh, Bob- you, you know we have we have not done any of these. Oh no, I'm screwed. Well, I'll say the guest anyways. Uh, Bobby Valentine. No, okay. he he was. Um, I don't know exactly when he was drafted. I'll look. I think he was like uh, first round sixty eight, but not I, maybe not first overall. Okay. I'll look it up while while you're while you're guessing. Well, that was my best guess, so I'm just screwed. Uh, was David Price number one overall? He was. Okay, now, ah, I'm, I'm done. Count- I'm done. I got two. So, so <laughs> and one you gave him, me. I'm counting him as one of the five, even though technically he has not played for the yeah. Dodgers. Okay. Yeah. So so Valentine was fifth overall in '68. Um. So okay. What overall? Fifth. Okay. okay. Um, I I'm I'm happy uh, with that as a guess then. Ba- Bauer was third. Uh. In 2011? 10. Um, I guess 11. Yeah, it was 11. Um, if you think draft, MLB draft, you should think that one name should come to mind that you should guess. No. <laughs> Don't do what this if, to me. My, the, bra- my the, brain isn't working. <laughs> the very first draft pick of anybody, uh, Rick Bundy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I he like yeah. he floated in my head, and I'm like, no, nah, yeah. I, I just dismissed it because because I was worried about the timing, and I'm like, I can't, I can't like, and that factoid was not in my head. Okay, so the other ones, um, Daryl Strawberry, 1980, number okay. one overall, um, and then Adrian Gonzalez, Marlins mm. pick in 2000. Really interesting. Yeah, and and then he be kind of became like a low level guy, right? Like. I, am I remembering this right? Like I remember, like he lost some luster and then became really, really good. Yeah, I think at a point when he was a prospect, it wasn't like this guy's the number one overall pick. But like, um, I, I want to say, I, rem- so- I remember getting him very cheap in like a deep fantasy draft one year and just owning it. Like, and that was his big breakout year. After the, so he, the he also sort of like sputtered in texas yeah the, and like, that was it it was right after he was traded to san diego is when i p- that, picked that up. that said okay so he, baseball america so 2001 was the year after he's drafted he's 89th overall but then he was 31st overall two years in a row so like he was pretty highly regarded, and then he dropped to 52nd but still like four okay, years interesting in the top 100, so pretty yeah. good okay. actually yeah better better than i would have thought now of these four uh, of these five, excuse me, uh, which player has the highest baseball reference war? Uh, uh, um, Strawberry? Strawberry is second. He has 42.2 war. Is it, is it um, Monday then? No, he has 33.1. He's third. Uh, is it is it Aegon? It is forty three point six. Okay. Good for him. Now David Price thirty nine point four conceivably could pass the pass those two uh, as while being a Dodger if if it all goes well. That would certainly be one a best case scenario, I believe, uh, over the next two years if he's able to get at least four WAR. Uh, Tim Belcher had twenty six WAR uh, in his career. Very good. Um, so yeah, that was that's pretty good. All right, you, you know what well. time you know what time it is. We're we're running late, so I'm gonna for, I'm gonna rush this. You ready? I am ready. It's time for questions from Craig. 
Five questions from our friend Craig Manami. Fred? Fred? Your name? Fred Manami. Uh, no, it's Fred, Craig. Uh, Craig. Our friend Craig Manami. Yeah. Uh, the St. Louis Cardinals now have the top two active home run hitters against the Dodgers. Paul Goldschmidt has 32, and Nolan Arenado leaves the Rockies. Uh, leads, uh, leaves the Rockies with 28 homers against the LA Dodgers. Can Eric name the next five active NL West opponent home run leaders against the Dodgers? Hmm. So I, when I first saw this five, I was thinking, okay, I only have to get three. But then I, I realized he said next five. Uh, so I'm just going to go the ones that came to my head first. Um, Buster Posey, Charlie Blackman, uh, you, uh, t- uh, Posey's tied for first. Blackman's is second, or I guess third with fifteen. Uh, Trevor Story, uh, number five with eleven. Oh, okay. So you're missing one of the ones with sixteen at first, and then uh, someone with twelve. Okay. Um, I want to say. Oh. I'm going to give you one very small hint. Wait, hold oh, on. Okay, okay, uh, okay. What about what about Brandon Bell? Number one, tied uh, tied with Buster Posey at, with 16. Okay, and then I'm going to get another guess off before I hint. Yep. Um, oh, God. Um, why can't I think of them? Um, oof. No, you know what? I don't know. I need another. I need uh, another. It's a Diamondback. Yeah, I was. I was thinking of them. Um, <laughs> uh, Twelve home runs in seventy-four games. Seventy-four games. Uh, it's not like um, uh, the. <laughs> Of uh, twelve home runs of a career sixty home runs, <laughs> Fifth nice. have been against the Dodgers. Is it? Yeah. Uh, is it like? Oh, wait. Is it Christian Walker? It is not. Good guess. Uh, is it David Peralta? It is not. I'm going to look up know. this person. I don't, I don't know. Then it is Nick Ahmed. You know what? I was thinking of him, and I'm like, "There's no way." <laughs> Might as well think Tim LoCastro or something. Like, yeah, I, I didn't think. Wow, that's amazing. All right, good for uh, Nick. There you go. Brother used to be in the Dodger system. Yeah. Uh, so the next question, I have to find the find them. Um, Jacob, that's me. Do you take credit for the best pro sports period in the history of the Kansas City metro area? I do. Obviously. Yeah. And do you think a Kansas NCAA basketball uh, title ranks just below a Chiefs Super Bowl win, but ahead of the Royals winning the World Series in terms of civic pride oh. and joy? Um, the Royals actually brought more people for their celebration than the Chiefs did. There's some speculation that that, that was just a matter of um, who came first. Um, one, because they hadn't any, anything to celebrate since 85. And two, uh, the Royals one was so crazily packed that it wasn't necessarily the best experience getting there and getting home. Um, so some people might have been scared off from that. So I actually think those are, are pretty closely tied. Um, if I had to spitball, I would guess maybe the Chiefs bring a little bit more excitement, but it, it, it is really, really close. Um, I think I think maybe there's a perception that doesn't because the Royals, when they're bad, which they usually are, you see a lot of empty stadium. But when the Royals are good, the, this team loves them some baseball. Um, 
KU is definitely below both, and that's just because you have K. It's the same thing with colleges in LA, right? A, you know, a, a, a Dodgers or Lakers title is going to do more than a USC or a UCLA title, and that's just because of the, the splitness. Uh, you have Mizzou, you have KU, and you have Kansas State. Um, all of which, like, I'd say Kansas State is definitely sort of third because uh, it's the furthest away from Kansas City proper. Um, but Mizzou, Lawrence is closer to KC than Mizzou, but if you are on the Missouri side, you're, you have a decently right. chant likelihood of, of being a Mizzou fan. So I was going to say, what, what if Kansas State won a basketball title? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be kind of amazing, wouldn't it? Like, uh, bring back the Richmond, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there you go. It was nice. 80 years ago when Ted Williams was the last pit player oh. to hit 400 in a qualified season. Since then, there have been just five seasons where a qualified batter hit over 376, with the highest being uh, the 390 that George Brett hit in 1980. Since 2011, the highest average in a full regular season has been 348 uh, by DJ LeMahieu in 16. My question will be, will any player hit over 350? Uh, and over 500 plate appearances in the next five seasons, and if so, so, give me three or four players that have the best chance. Oh God, um, I just... don't think someone will hit 350. The best chance. So uh, let's go with. So I think Juan Soto. Yeah, that was going to be my guess. Um, Thief. And like, <laughs> didn't like DJ LeMahieu hit like 370 this year or something crazy? Like, uh, uh, or like, it was like close. So, still mm-hmm. going back to the Yankees, I, I, I would have put him up there just because he's a high average guy. Um, so like, yeah, and then other and he always than has that, been like he's kind of showed that because a right. lot of times these batting titles will be like kind of random fluke seasons, uh, and he's certainly shown his hit tools not not fluky. Yeah, there's. I'm trying to think of like who. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I want. I want. I wish there was like a, an Ichiro type that I would. I could go with. <laughs> you know, like. Um, Man, uh, yeah, because what, like, you know, or it could be like a Miguel Cabrera type hitter, but like, who, who is that? It's probably Soto. I mean, I, I would think. Um, I'm just going with those two. I, I can't think of a third. Um, I, I think that's fair. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of struggling because I'm like pulling up a bunch of names I'm thinking of, and they all have that like that one three forty season, and then they're, they, the rest are all in the sort of. Uh, uh, the two nineties, three oh fives. None that make you think, oh, this this guy's going to do it. Like maybe someone will just get lucky and that'll happen. But um, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, I'm just one Soto done. That's that's my answer. Boom. Yeah. I am going to give each of you two hundred true blue bucks. Here, are, uh, <laughs> they're like real money, but more fun. Here are a series of Super Bowl prop bets. You must bet all of the money, but you don't have to bet on each prop bet. The one with the most money at the end of the game wins the Eric Jacob trophy. He said contest. I think there's going to be a trophy. I looked at this question earlier, and I was concentrating so much on the actual questions themselves, the bets, that I didn't notice the 200 true little A bucks before. So I was like, oh, okay. 
So this is uh, uh, this is a thing we would do on on uh, Dodger yeah, thoughts sure. slash True Blue LA Super Bowl parties when those were things we could do safely. Uh, we would get Monopoly money, and if anyone is you know when you're able, if you have a big enough family where you're already safely isolated, or you know you want to do this digitally, or you want to save this idea for when we're able to do this safely, this is the way to enjoy the Super Bowl. And so just get some Monopoly money out, have everyone pitch in five ten bucks. Um, of real money and then that gets you the fake money and then use the fake money to make prop bets throughout the game um okay it's a ton of fun so want me to want me to go first with the anthem and we can just snake it or like you, yeah you, you could yeah. pick uh, yeah yeah go for it for the anthem i'm going um over it's so we looked this up before uh jasmine sullivan and eric church it's a duo singing the anthem and it's uh minute 59 so i'm picking the over and I I'm like putting, that. I'm putting fifty dollars on it. You are literally stealing my bet. Uh, well, that that just doesn't work. Uh, I'm going to put a hundred dollars on the. Over. Oh, nice! All there right, we go. Anthem. Uh, next is the coin toss, heads or tail. I'm not going to bet this. Oh, you're just passing. I'm passing. Okay. Wow. Shouldn't we have a rule? Shouldn't you have to bet a dollar? Specifically says you don't have to bet on oh, each prop. All right. Craig gave me permission. I, I, the, the funny part about this, I was, I was in my head. I wasn't thinking to skip any of them, but like, <laughs> I was thinking it would have been funny if I if I put 150 on this, like, and that's the whole bet. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't have to watch I, the game. Bye. Yeah, I, I will bet. I will bet 20 on tails. Okay. Um, you're up. Uh, Super Bowl team with the first touchdown. <sighs> like, you know, you want to – the Chiefs are so dynamic offensively. You want to pick them. Now, the only reason I would pick the Buccaneers is if I went second and you picked the Chiefs. Uh-huh. So I'm picking the Chiefs. <laughs> and um, I will put um, – uh, let's see. I will put 25 on them. I'm putting 50 on the chief as i uh type a lot uh eric you said 50 you said would you say 25 uh yeah 25 <laughs> and I, i'm actually putting this in our in our sheet too so uh, uh, we got them. cool uh first offensive play will be a run or a pass i'm gonna put mm-hmm. one dollar on a pass <laughs> okay so i'm at 105 i'm gonna go uh, you said pass. So I have a question for prop bets. If it's a quarterback, if it's a failed pass play that turns into scramble, that's a run, correct? I believe yes. Yeah, yes. it's the result of play, not the the intent. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say run for fifteen dollars. Uh, I'm gonna put uh, yeah. No, I already said ha 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 ha. Uh, over under fifty six point five. Okay, this is me. Um, do 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 do. Uh, wow. I th- so the hmm. I am at one twenty. No, I'm at one ten. Um, wow. Okay. I will say ten. Um, I'll say twenty five on the under. Um, I. I was going to do nine on the under. Okay. So if I, my math is right, you have 40 left and I have 40 left. Hey, look at that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I have 40. 
45, right? Uh, let's see. 70, 95, 110, 130. I have 65 left. I, I cannot count. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I look, Craig and his thing put three and a half as the line. I looked this morning and it's three. Um, so the Chiefs are favored by three. Um, so that uh, who are we picking? Uh I, I I will be uh, I'm taking the Chiefs to cover, and and so for forty, uh, yes, all of it. Okay, um, I think I'm all I'm I'm also taking the Chiefs, but I, my under bet is like a sort of hedge because I think that that's why uh, the way Tampa Bay wins is if they like just sort of maim uh, Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> um, so. I don't know. But sixty-five is a lot. I, I probably should have put more on the under, but whatever. So you, so we both take Casey minus three. Uh, you have forty. I have sixty-five. Uh, we're good. All right. Super Bowls are all about happy hour style food, the best food, hot wings, pizza, maybe submarine sandwiches. But what about chips and dips? Choose your favorites Obviously. for a Super Bowl party between the classic onion dip, salsa, guacamole, seven layer dip, queso, or just let's make nachos. Um, so I'm not a big seven layer dip guy because it almost doesn't, it aren't two of the seven layers sour cream and guacamole. Uh, Craig mentions this is sort of cheating. Yeah. So, uh, no, (laughs) it's like, I'm out. (laughs) I'm out. Like I'm five layer dip maximum. (laughs) That's, that's my rule. Uh, no. So my, so it's, it's one of the, like salsa, you can't go wrong with salsa ever. Um, queso is also good, but like if you're if it's for a Super Bowl, mm. you you you'd think like queso has to be hot it has and to like be hot, and it's so much better with like a deeper bowl. I found as if the, when you put immediately when oh, you're putting some on your plate, like you have to like yeah. drizzle it over. I want something a little bit more portable, and I agree the temperature matters too much. And so for me, it's like it's salsa or the classic onion dip, the just the. Uh, the powder that you My, pour the into Rick a sour Monday cream of yeah. dips for me is a classic Dean's French onion dip, or one you yeah. make yourself with sour cream. It's so yes, good. It, and 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 I like it with actual ruffles. I like the. It has to be a ridge chip, I think. Or for me, I, so I yeah. I agree, ridge chip or tiny uh, the the lawn and thin pretzels. Oh. All right. I've never dipped pretzels in the onion dip. You should give it a try, my friend. I've I've done that with mustard, although I wouldn't consider that like a. So tomorrow, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go get wings. I am. But I think I'm. I'm going to also go get chips, and and I'll probably get a dip because I didn't think about it before. (laughs) So now I I will. So thank you very much, Craig. What about what about you? Uh, The other stuff Uh, I know. Uh, the problem so like- salsa is interesting in that I have a uh, allergic aversion to cilantro. Oh, so, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Pro tip to those of those who are similar: Trader Joe's salsa does not have cilantro in it. Um, oh, all I think right. they might have a few varieties, but most of them don't, and they are delicious and they're really good. Same thing with uh, chilies. Uh, their their salsa does not have cilantro, and I like that mm-hmm. a lot. I love queso. There's a brewery here in town that has a phenomenal one that they're taking off the menu for a while after the Super Bowl. So maybe I'll go get some, but probably not. Probably sticking to my 20 hot wings, a lot of ranch, a lot of blue cheese. You know what's also good with queso is our, our, our soft pretzels. Sure. Yeah, that's an excellent dip. Or usually they, they probably have it like beer cheese or whatever, yeah, but yeah. whatever. It's, it's, all, it's all It's in the same family, <laughs> yeah. So. 
Oh, well, I'm going to go get something to eat maybe. And then, uh, we'll, yeah, we'll talk. We'll be back. Um, maybe we skip next week. I don't, this upcoming, since we're recording late, uh, we'll see. Um, we'll, we'll talk to you after the Dodgers sign Justin Turner. Basically next is, is that's is a our good next way of putting it. Bearing, yeah. bearing something else weird. <laughs> yeah. Or, or reasonable facsimile. Like, I mean, people are like, we're talking about like trading for, uh, Matt Chapman, which is like, all right, like, look, they we didn't think they were going to sign Bauer, but it doesn't mean you have to start. Oh, and Jose Ramirez is another popular. I don't, I don't see any of those happening, but I didn't see Bauer signing either. So here we are. Uh, we'll talk to you in a week ish. Uh, but spring training is almost around the corner, and thanks for listening, everybody. Mm-hmm.